What is up, you young bucks? I'm here with man, this guy, a guy that I've I've known for a very, very long time. He was like one of the original young bucks before young bucks was a thing. Um, you know, what was uh one of the, the a really great trainer at my boy Lucas gym back in the day, Vigor Ground, and then Cody came in and coached with me. And he was here's what I want to preface this whole conversation with, right? Is like Cody at 24 years old jumped into my, at that time, my highest level coaching program. And this is in 2017, by far the youngest dude in the group. And he was spending 2,500 bucks a month at that point. And probably was at a point financially. And I'll let you touch on this. Cody is like where it was like, Oh oh, shit. I don't know about this. Right. So Cody McBroom uh, runs multiple businesses, tailored coaching method, uh, tailored lifestyle apparel, which like is dope. It's cool. Like it's, uh, you know, I was, I'm an old man and I thought it was still cool. So I'm trying to stay young, <laughs> like these young bucks, but man, thanks for coming on Cody. Like incredible to see your progression, your transformation. Now he's a married man, has a beautiful five-year-old daughter, has, you know, companies successful. So dude, welcome. Thanks for coming on. Number one, Thank number you, two, man. number two, dude, let's, let's jump right into this thing. 30, you're about to be 31 years old. And why don't you just give everybody listening a, a rundown of what what Tallard is, what it stands for, you know, how, how did what's the journey, right? So I like everybody to kind of explain their origin story, almost like a superhero, right? Yeah. <laughs> like where where did you come from? How did you get here? And just give everybody an idea of of that, and then what what you guys do now. Yeah. So, uh, man, thank you for having me on. This is this is really cool to to bring it all back and uh, be able to jump on the podcast, dude. So. Uh, as you said, my name is Cody McBroom. I, uh, first company I really started building. It's like kind of my baby, my bread and butter is tailored coaching method. And it's an online fitness and nutrition coaching company. And, uh, honestly, dude, it started with like way, way back. I mean, I was just, I was the chubby kid in the group and I was never in fitness, never lift a weight, didn't do good in school. I was just like, I was into punk rock, hip hop, street culture, skateboarding, you know, I was hustling and just kind of doing my thing, but I had to go to community college. So my parents sent me to community college Went there for business, realized that everybody teaching business at the business community college had never actually ran a business. So I wasn't really showing up for that either. And uh, I ended up starting skipping class and going to this fitness thing because I wanted to, to lose weight. And so I started learning there, got really into it, forged my dad's signature to change my degree over to fitness, decided I was going to become a personal trainer. And uh, that's actually where I met Luca. Luca was one of the guest speakers at the school and uh, he was the only one that wasn't wearing like physical therapy clothes. Like he mm. wasn't wearing khakis and a polo <laughs> and he was saying fuck every other word. And I'm listening to him. I'm like, man, like that guy's doing it. Like I can relate to that. So I honestly just kind of tagged along with him. I, I interviewed for an internship, got that while I was going to school, became a coach, worked for him for six and a half years, coaching people. Um, and during the time I was writing a blog and, uh, my nickname was boom, boom, Cody, boom, boom, McBroom. And, uh, so the blog became boom, boom performance. Mm, and, uh, I remember sounds more like a sex toy shop than anything, <laughs> but I, uh, was writing content, man. And, and I, I never forget. There was this one lady that asked if I would write her programs, but she lived in New York. So I said, no, I was like, I live in Washington. She was like, well, I'll just PayPal you. I was like, oh, like, that's a thing, you know? Okay. And, uh, and then I started asking Luca, Luca, like, do people do this? Like, is there like an online coaching thing? Cause I remember telling him originally, I want to start an online fitness brand like Jay Frugia and Nate Green do. That's like literally what I said. And Luca was like, mm. okay, how are you going to make money? 
I, I don't know. How do they make money? I have no idea. <laughs> they just have a blog and it's sick. And that's what I want to do. Um, fast forward years later, obviously, you know, uh, 2017 came around. I'd been training there for six and a half years, uh, found out I was going to have a daughter. And, uh, this is post-resurrection week, which was like a, a week long thing that, uh, that was probably my first big expense for personal development. Cause I think that was probably like two three grand, grand or something too. three grand. There you go mm -hmm. for the week. And it was like four or five days. And, uh, I mean, that was like a, a real shock. I think I was 21, maybe. I think I was 21, like very young. And uh, right before that, I had gotten jumped. And I'll never forget. So I got jumped and it was, I almost died. And I remember that being like a wake up call of like, all right, dude, mm. like figure, figure stuff out. Like, what do you want to do? You know, with this training thing. And then resurrection week came up and I was like, let's do it. Like, I'm going to go for it. And that was really eye opening created the LLC was going to start this online business. And then I did diddly squat with it for, I don't know how many years. 2017 came, my daughter was going to be born. I was like, I need to make the move. So I told my wife, Hey, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to give up all of my clients to just be respectful, start from scratch and build this online thing, you know, and you're going to go on maternity leave and you'll never go back to work. She was just like, okay, you do your thing. <laughs> And uh, that's what I did, man. I hired you at the time. And it, to make it even scarier, I was leaving the gym, pursuing this. And I, I'll, I'll never forget, like you messaged me. And you're like, you should do this. You should jump in with this. The whole group is way older than you, but you'll get a lot out of it. It's 2,500 a month. Message me back if you're serious. And I like remember waking up to it because you're on the East Coast. Yep. And I like rolled over to Shannon in her apartment on her mattress on the floor, no box spring. And like literally like so crazy to think about. I remember rolling over and I was like, I think I'm going to make a financial decision that I've never made before, but I think it's going to change my life. And she was like, we don't share money yet. Do your thing, you know, cause we were mm. just dating at the time. Yeah. Um, and I was like, all right, let me go for it. Um, and actually now that I think about it, that happened before that was happened right before, because I remember telling you guys on the call that I found out I was having a kid and I started crying. So I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. God, now it's coming back. Now I remember. Okay. So. I decided I was going to work with you right after that, quit, gave up on my clients, started from scratch and just started grinding at it, man. That was 2017. Now we're in 2023. I have a 4,000 square foot facility with four offices, one of which is the podcast studio I'm sitting in. I have a full-time employee that left his cush job at Boeing to work for me full-time as a media guy. We have a gym um, that nobody actually trains at. It's just for content and stuff yeah. um, and family, friends, whoever. Uh, we just started tailored life apparel recently, me and my business partner, Andreas, who, you know, uh, and we have an app launching called the tailored trainer next month, which is like daily workouts. It's like a low end thing for us. We got nine coaches, a, a chief science officer who does research in the field on staff. Like we're, I mean, we're, I created what I, what I really saw sought out to create way back, man. It's really cool that it like came to fruition, but I mean, shit, it's been a decade, you know, it's, it's a lot of grinding and hustling along the way and uh but made it happen man what do you feel like cody what are the crucial steps right so there's there's guaranteed to be guys listening to this that are in the same space you were at that time which is like i'm into fitness or i'm into whatever right i'm working for somebody else i respect them but i feel like i have to do something I have to change what I'm doing if I want to get where I want to go. So like, what do you feel like were the crucial steps outside of that one? Right. Which is a really difficult step to take Yeah, that you've taken over the last specifically, like at least like probably six, seven years when Tallard really has started to catch momentum. Mm -hmm. What are some crucial steps that you feel like would be something that these guys would find valuable? I think that one of the biggest things for me that, 
changed everything and it, and it continued to happen is I forced myself to be around the right people, you know, whether it was I'm paying for a group or I just showed up at the gym at the, I mean, I was training with guys that were all 30 to 40 years old and I'm 20, you know, and then I'm paying to be in a coaching group with guys who are 30 to 40 years old and I'm 23. You know, it was just always like, I knew that I had to set like surround myself with a room full of people who have already gone through what I've gone through so I could fast track through it. Mm. And a lot of times you get humbled and it allows you to, which is the second thing that I would say is the patience aspect, right? Like I'll never forget one of the most pivotal and he didn't even mean to teach me this lesson, but he did. Uh, I remember like bitching about my taxes that were getting taken out of my paychecks. I'm like just mad at the state and I'm like, and like shout out to my accountant. Cause I still get mad and I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> is this? And he's like, I know, but I remember like complaining about it. And then at the time, Andreas shared with me his tax bill and Luca shared with me his tax bill. And we're basically like, shut up and told me. And I was just like, <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll shut up. Yeah. And then I remember complaining about how like I was grinding the gym and like I, I wasn't happy with my results. And then Luca was like, how long have you been training? Like three years. And he's like, cool, I've been training 20. I'm like, oh, okay. That's why I don't look like you. I'll shut up. You know, in like, but the point is, is I'm surrounding myself with guys that naturally just humble me over and over and over and over again. And it allowed me to be patient because I'm like, I know what I want, but if I don't surround myself with people that have already put in the long hours, the long weeks, the years and years and years of the work required, I won't, it's kind of like those lessons you don't learn until you learn it. Like people say money won't buy happiness. You don't know that until you make enough money to buy some stuff that you think will make you happy. And then it doesn't, you're still depressed <laughs> and you're like, okay. Yeah. Money won't buy me happiness, but you, you got to go through it. So seeing you guys go through that stuff before me just allowed me to see those lessons like right in front of me. I could actually believe it. You know what I mean? And I think that just, it was so crucial for me. Yeah. Putting yourself around the right people in the right rooms, right? Your environment is everything. Mm -hmm. Your environment is everything. Remember guys, like environment just isn't your physical location. It's who you're around. It's what you listen to, what you're watching, who yeah. you connect with. Like all that shit is so crucial. To, to success. So let's look at look, let, let's look at the next step to this, Cody. He's like, man, that, that's a valuable, crucial step. Huge. It's probably the thing that made you who you are is that it, recognizing that at a young age and then just being open to listening as well, because ego can be a motherfucker, mm -hmm. especially as a young 20 year old dude. We're all like that. Yeah. Alpha male, like I got it figured out. And then the universe just likes to humble the shit out of us. Right. Yeah. So I think it's super important that, that people also hear like what mistakes along the way to where you're at right now. And I know we're going to talk about your future vision of what you have going on as well, but like, what are some mistakes that you've made? And this doesn't have to be just business wise, right? Cause we know that life business oh, yeah. relationships, all that shit is wrapped up. So what are some mistakes that you made along the way, but now you can look back and be thankful for them? Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, the first one that comes to mind is is the family piece. You know, even when I think back to like, I mean, there's, and you know, this now, there's a million ways to spend it. Like we talked about core four a lot back then, but there's a million ways that like, there's so many different people who do their different versions of that. Mm -hmm. Even myself, like, I, but at the end of the day, the point is, is like, there's always those four pillars in your life. Those are the only things you really think about, strive to set goals with, so on and so forth. And uh, the family piece was always tough for me uh, because I, I'm married to a, a very strong-willed woman. And so she'll let me know. And I'm very stubborn. So, like, it's it can clash, you know? Mm. 
But for me, it was like the business started taking off and I just ignored the at home piece. You know, it was just like, it, it just, it just was, I just disregarded it. Cause the excitement of the growth of the business and everything, when it finally started taking off, it just took over. Um, and then by the time you realize it, it's almost like too late. And now you're sh- like trying to find people to hire and help and do delegate and, and you can't tarnish your name in the industry by like giving a bad service. So it's a tough battle, but I think just in general, ignoring that piece and not including that piece into, into the realm. And mainly because, you know, something that hit me really hard was like, uh, Shannon would say essentially like, and Shannon's my wife for you guys listening, but Shannon would say, you know, just cause you're here doesn't mean you're present. And I was always like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, I'm right here. I'm not working. I'm just like, you know, you can, you touch your phone and it's not a big deal, you know, but it took a while for me to really like think about it and actually took uh, other people, other men in in my life talking about this for it to click with me. And then for me to come back and then have to like come with my tail between my legs and be like, you're right. I'm sorry. You know, like, and, uh, and that's me just being an owner, right. And owning up mm. to it. But the reality was, is like being present is totally different. And it's, uh, one of the things that really hit me, uh, and I actually, I don't know if I've shared this with you cause it was, yeah, it was probably after I was done coaching with you and stuff, but my mom had brought me like a weird filing cabinet thing of like all these old pictures I drew when I was a kid. Cause I used to draw a lot. And, uh, there was this picture and it was, and I literally, it's in my desk. I saved, it. I have it folded up as a reminder. It's, it's me and, and shout out to my dad. Cause I have a great relationship with him now, but like I, it's a picture of my house and I'm in the window upstairs and I cut out a picture of my dad standing next to his black Porsche 911. It was sick. Uh, and he was standing, sitting next to it. And I'm saying like, Hey dad, come up here. And he's saying, hold on. And in the picture, he's actually on his like pager or phone or something. Mm. So I was like a really little kid. And I remember seeing that and I was like, I drew that like, damn. Mm. And my dad's never seen this cause I'm not going to show him, but I was like, okay, I get it. You know, like that's just cause I'm here. doesn't mean I'm actually here. And so that was a big, and the reality is, is like when I fix that, the business takes off. Cause you're, you're more, you're pre- more present during the day. You're more productive. You're happier. You're more fulfilled. You're truly more successful. Um, but definitely the biggest mistake I made right out the gate was that. And again, maybe I had to make it to realize it but I wish I would have realized it quicker for sure. So you guys listen, uh, take fucking notes, right? Cause the thing is, is that why Cody grew so fast, why I've grown so fast is because we hire mentors or even coaching other people. Sometimes you'll learn shit. Mm-hmm. And if you don't apply it, then you're bound to run into that problem. We're all the fucking same, especially if you're listening to this shit, you're listening to this because you want more in your life, right? This isn't some podcast talking about like only fans, girls, <laughs> we're talking about how to have, a truly successful life. Yeah. And so, dude, that's so important. One of the rules of warrior week was be here. Now we used to yeah. make the guys say it rule number three, be here now. And then they'd all say it. Right. Because with this fucking thing, right. With your cell phone in your hand, it's the biggest ta- time vampire on planet earth. And Shannon called you out because she knew that you were, you were there physically, but mentally you were somewhere else thinking about work, focusing on that. And guess what, man, we can wish that shit away. But ultimately, it was the catalyst for this next phase. Yeah. Right. And so, one of the things that I've been teaching a lot lately is be thankful for the mistakes that you've made because it's why you are who you are today. Right. It's like, don't live in the past. Don't dread. Don't feel guilt and shame. Just look at it and go, thank you. Yeah. I'm glad I made that mistake. And thank you, Shannon, for calling me out on it, even though at the time, I kind of wanted to kick you in the shin, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and that's how you know you have a good person in your life. 
yeah. is somebody that's not busting your balls, but 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 loves you enough to say, hey, dude, you're, you're not showing up here. Yep, 100%. But, and if she but, can feel it, Blakely yeah. can feel it, you know? And, and dude, 100%. like, something you said made me think about this too. And, uh, and, and I do have, I have another mistake I made that I think will be helpful. But the thing that you said about basically like, coaching others can help as well. Right. If, but it's taking action on those things. Cause I had a really harsh reality on that. Not that long ago. So I, I was coaching this guy who now we're just really good friends. Like he just, at a certain point I was like, bro, like there's no more I can teach you. Like let's hang out. And so our families are friends, but there was things that I taught him to do and gave him ideas around for him and his family that showed him how to lead his wife and kids so well that I was like envious of how his family dynamic was. I was like, dude, you are crushing it. And I'll never forget hmm. being at dinner with him, his wife, and my wife. And he was talking about some of their family activities. And he finished with, man, like, thank, thanks to Cody, because he's the one that told me to do this. And I remember just sitting there going, I don't do any of that shit. And just being like, wow. That was my idea. And part of coaching, and you know this as a coach, there's certain people I think I believe in this on this world that are really, really meant to be coaches and mentors and stuff because they're visionaries, they're idea people. So if somebody comes to me and they're telling me about themselves, their business, I'm going to start giving them the best ideas. And they're like, why didn't I think of this for myself? And I'm like, I'm just one of those people, you know, and I've had coaches like yourself, like Andreas, like Luca, like people who will give me ideas. I'm like, God damn, why didn't I think of that? And, and there's just this thing, right? So it's, I, I can't be mad that I didn't think of it for myself first, but I can definitely be upset that I didn't take action on the great advice I gave him, you know? Mm. Um, so that was a huge mistake, but also something that like I thought of when you pointed out and, and another one would be uh, having a vision. If you have a team, something I did was I had a vision and I was creating this vision. I was creating this company and I wasn't sharing it with my team. I was just like, I was being like a dictator, not a leader kind of thing. You know, that picture where it's like, you're either yelling from yeah. the back or you're walking front, kind of like that. Like I was always really positive. Everybody loved me. It was all good. But I remember when I painted the picture, like vividly at a team retreat we did in Austin, Texas, I had everybody out there and I was like doing this big thing. And multiple of them were like, I finally understand where I fit in this. And in my mind, I'm like, finally, you've been here for two years. What do you mean? Like, this has been the vision, but it's because I didn't actually express it to them. And so that was a huge one for me too, is like the mistake of just waiting so long. Cause once I actually got them to find themselves in that vision, we grew so much faster. And it's like, man, I could have, I had this vision the whole time. I just was neglecting the fact that I wasn't sharing it with everybody properly. Beautiful. Yeah. Two mistakes that turned into gifts. Right. And that's the, yeah. the whole point of me asking that question is number one, so that you guys listening to this can relate to Cody. You can relate to me. You understand that there's no such thing as perfect that we all make mistakes. We all fuck up. And Cody, I'm glad you, the first thing you said too, was about your relationship because a lot of times in these interviews, guys will just go straight to business, but that's what, that's not how we roll up in here. Right. It's just not how we do it. And so you guys got to understand, even if you're not in a marriage, you're just in a, a relationship, regardless of what it is. Number one, communication is key. Number two, do what the fuck you said you were going to do. Number three, show affection, attention, appreciation. It's not in number four, tell the fucking truth, right? These are not like yeah. crazy ideas. Yeah. Well, right? and, and how, how many of those things would work itself out? You know, I, like I remember times where I would express a business problem to you in the group and you'd be like, what's your core four score? And I'm like, what? Dude, I don't need to meditate or tell people I appreciate it. Like, like this is what's going on. You were like, yo, like do your shit and then come back to me and let me know how it's going. 
And then like days ago, Barry, like, yo, dude, so what's up? And I'm like, oh, it, it figured itself out. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. When you handle, <laughs> when you handle the important stuff. Yeah. You remember it affects your perception. Your perception is how you see the world. Mm -hmm. And so you can sit inside of a problem for years. And guys, we all know people that, that do this for life. People that never face their trauma, their, their patterns, mm. you know, their shitty habits, right? Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, drink, 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 recover Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, repeat. And really what that is, is just escapism, right? There's a, a lot of ways to do that. But yeah, man, it's like when you handle the simplest form of a game, and everything starts kind of <laughs> like you said, it almost feels like, oh shit, it's working itself out. Yeah. When in reality, all you did was take care of yourself, mm -hmm. put yourself in a position of like clarity and focus. And I love that you said this earlier, dude, you're like becoming more efficient, getting things done earlier, or easier because of these changes that you made. Yeah. That's in my personal opinion, I do two things really well with people. I help them believe in themselves at a deeper level because I see potential in people that they don't see in themselves necessarily. And number two, removing all the bullshit so that we can knock shit out as efficiently, as quickly as possible, because I want everybody that I coach to have a life like mine. Yeah. And dude, that's why I'm so proud of you because I see what you're doing and I'm like, let's fucking go. Freedom, time freedom, relationship freedom, money freedom, right? All these things. Freedom is what I teach. Why? I don't want to teach guys to accumulate shit that owns them. Mm -hmm. Right. We just talked, you said you're probably in the process of, of moving, right. And trying a different area out. Like all these things are like at my, those are my core values. It's like, I want to experience life. And so yeah. when I watch you doing that, man, I'm, I'm, I'm super happy for you. Right. Like insanely proud of you. And like, before we jumped out here, Cody and I were talking and like, when I mentor people, sometimes it's always a tough relationship. I won't say to end, but when it's time to go separate ways, there's a weird relationship for a little bit, right? Because you're like, yeah. well, I'm not not my coach anymore, but I really love these guys, but like I can't be as at attached to them as I was before. And so you got to let them go, mm -hmm. right? And I'm sure you experience it now with what you're doing, man. So it's like, but from afar, what Cody was said when we were chatting was like, but you always hit me up every once in a while and gave me a little nudge. I remember I would send him a picture of a pit bull. Yeah. Right. I was like, be a pit yeah. bull, right? Like go get yours. Yep. And so I'm proud of you, dude. It's amazing. So let's, let's move to the next phase of this though, which is like, what is your, if we look at this and I probably already <laughs> tipped it off with the freedom talk, but if you had to define what success is for you right now and into the future, what does it look like for you? It's kind of the whole uh, definition of of why, like, or the story behind tailored life apparel. Like, the reason we named it that was because it, it's a life by design. You know, mm. it's exactly what you were describing, which is why I was smiling when you were saying all that. Like, it's to me that's what success is. It's it's determining, like, you know what? Yeah, Texas is going to be better for our family. Let's do it because I can. You know what? We're all going to thrive there. Family's going to mm -hmm. thrive. My business is going to thrive. And it's, I've designed it this way. You know, I think that ultimately, and, and of course there's, there's times where like, maybe you can't make such a big jump like that. Having an uh, online business helps me with that, so on and so forth. But I still think, you know, in general to me, success is it's, it's a self 
defined lifestyle. It's like, how do I want to live? What do I want to do? Uh, and it doesn't mean all material, like to an extent it does like some of the things, right? Like I want to drive the car I want to drive. If that's what I want to spend a lot of money on, cause I really love cars. I'm going to spend a lot of money on that. I don't, I like one of my good friends has a crazy, crazy Jordan collection. You'll never see me spend money. He's got like $30,000 worth of Jordans. Not happening with me. I don't, I don't care about Jordans. Right. But like, I'm good with Chuck Taylors, but like, I want to drive what I want to drive. Like, that's the thing I want to spend money on. But the rest of it is like my schedule. What do I want that to look like? Who do I want to work with? What kind of content do I want to create? What kind of business do I want to run? And the funny thing about that is, is I think you have to be pretty meticulous from a marketing perspective. I can't just put like, if I was going to do anything I want, I would just post pictures of tattoos and shit on Instagram. And it would like, my business would grow. That wouldn't make sense. I'm not a tattoo artist, but like, of course there's intention, but I think if you have that perception, it, it bleeds into the, the energy you have in everything you do. And it comes off very authentic. People like that. People don't want fakeness, no matter what you're selling. Um, but anyway, I think, I think success to me is just that, man, it's, it's living a life by design. It's, it's mm. being fulfilled, right? Like me and Shannon had a, this was actually a really groundbreaking thing for her because she often would say to me, like, won't you ever be satisfied? And I didn't really know how to explain it to her because the answer was no and she didn't get it and it was like we have enough money i was like it's not that's not what it is it has nothing to do with that like could we be wealthier of course i'm not that rich but like you know what i mean like of course we can accumulate more wealth we can do a lot more things but it's not about that it's about the growth process so finally what i said to her and we're actually gonna make a shirt with this on it is uh i'm i'll never be satisfied but i'm constantly fulfilled right so the mm -hmm. shirt says always fulfilled never satisfied and the point of that is I'm always happy. I'm always fulfilled. I feel successful. I love the life I live. I love where my business, my family, my, my, like myself, I love where it's all at. But if I was satisfied, I'd stop. Mm. Right. And I'd stay stagnant. I wouldn't grow. And so I'll never be satisfied, but I'm always fulfilled. And to me, like being in that place, like that's success. Fuck. Yeah. My mantra is I want to be happy with less things, but strive for more based on my potential. Mm. I love that's that. the one. Yeah. That's, that's it. It yeah. doesn't mean I'm not going to get shit, right? Same thing. I like cars. I like living down here and being able to go back to New York and traveling and doing whatever. But my my main thing was never being owned by my things. It doesn't make sense to me to have to wake up and be panicked that, holy shit, I got a 20, 30, 40, $50,000 house fucking note. Yeah. Right? Or yeah. even a Lambo. Uh, Jamon and I were talking about this on the last episode and it's like, you dream of those things until you can actually afford it. And then most of us go like, eh, maybe when I'm a little older. So you know what's funny about that? Because I agree. But like a, a side note of that. So one of the things I did, like I think they're, uh, they're kind of cheesy now, but like vision boards, you know, like everybody did one once upon a time. Yeah, of course. Well, I had one that I saved on my computer, like, I mean, a long time ago. And it was uh, like, I think I had a picture of, speaking of, Jay Frugia and Nate Greenock, because it was like, all right, all my business, all this stuff. And it's actually really ironic because I had a uh, hundred, like like six figures on there. Like I'm going to make six figures a year. And then I had a Range Rover and I was like, yeah, not realizing like that's my whole salary <laughs> for a year. <laughs> I didn't understand things back then. So I was like 19, 20 years old. But my whole thing was like, I'm going to buy a Range Rover before I'm 30. Like that was my big goal. And then it came time to do that. And I was like, man, I own my truck and I really like it. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm not getting rid of this. Right. But I would love to gift my wife a Range Rover. So I gifted her a Range Rover for Christmas. And it was the coolest thing ever because it's 
it's a, I mean, it's a sick Range Rover primer black. It actually matches my wrapped truck, which is perfect. But like, it it was just like so much more meaningful. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And like, it's a really nice car and everything. And she loves it. She was beyond the moon, but it wasn't about like the material aspect. It was the achievement sense of like, I'm going to buy my wife this car. Like that's, that felt good. You know, if I would have traded my truck in and got it for myself, it wouldn't have felt the same. I would have missed my trucks. I love my truck. You know, it's, it's super powerful. It's funny, dude, because like I said, I, last episode, Jamon said the same thing. He said yeah. he bought his mom her dream car at 50, but he's like, rather than buy my, he likes Jeeps, like hopped up big tire Jeeps and stuff. Oh, but yeah. he's like, instead of buying myself a Lambo, I buy my brother one. Cause that's his dream car. <laughs> right. And yeah. so I want to point out to you guys, like, man, there is like success leaves clues. And if you, if you listen to all of the guys that I have on this thing, there's a lot of similarities, man, like all from different backgrounds, but you can see the mindset is very similar in a lot of fucking ways, dude. So yeah, man, I'm with you on that. That's beautiful. That he said that. Yeah, it's incredible, dude. It's like, how, how can I how can I be happy with less things but strive for more based on my potential? That means that I've not reached my potential. Mm -hmm. And if I believe that that's a never-ending pursuit, then I can be fulfilled along the way. I love that tagline, right? I can be fulfilled the whole way. Yeah. But I'm never going to be content. I'm never going to be satisfied. Yeah. But I'm happy as shit. Right? I'm happy as fuck. Yeah. But, and I think that's the key is that there, there's a lot of internet gurus, whatever, Instagram all-stars that almost promote this like sacrifice your way to success type of shit, right? You have to suffer your way to success. And that this, the idea of hard work is like a bad thing, right? It's so tough. We all say it though, grinding, right? I'm hustling, I'm grinding. In reality, it's like, no, what you're actually doing, Cody, is building your fucking dream life and enjoying it. But I think sometimes we say it for other people because there's this thing inside of all of us, dude. And I know you probably experienced it too. At almost 30 going on 31, you're very successful and very successful for your age because you started younger. Yeah. But there's this weird guilt with being like overly successful sometimes. You know, there's a book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendrickson talks about this exactly as like that glass ceiling or feeling guilty that you're the most successful sibling. And sometimes it's just like the time freedom thing. And you start to almost downplay what you've done. Yeah. And so, man, like I want to point that out, not just for the listeners, but for you too. It's like, dude, you've done the work to get to where you're at. So for you to continue to grow, you have to actually appreciate that shit. Yeah. And it's dude, it's, that's, that's real. I mean, I mean, I, I, you know, this we, we aired episode 903 on our podcast or something today. Like, um, so we're on the podcast talking about stuff every week. I don't talk about that Range Rover. There's not a picture of it on Instagram. Like, I don't want to, you know what I mean? Because it's, that's why, like, I, I don't want it to be in the background because I don't want it to be perceived a certain way, or mm. I don't want to feel guilty about it. And that's just me being honest, but like, that in everything you just said with the family, with the friends, your inner circle that you grew up with, like it all happens. It all happens. And then you feel guilty for the hard work you put in. And I think that there is a level of, you know, cause I get a lot of people that ask me um, like, Hey, I'm trying to become an online trainer. Like, you know, what advice do you, how, how long, like, what do I got to do to get it done? And how long do you think it'll take? 
And I was just like, I think everybody has to go through that, like eating dirt phase where it's like, you got to grind. I mean, let's be real. Like I've been in the industry for over a decade, you know? So it's like, I put in the work, but like the, the hard days, the long day, like I never put my head on the pillow with a frown. I was always happy, you know, because I loved the grind because the grind was part of what I was doing it for something I loved. And I was building something I loved. If you're grinding for somebody else that you hate doing a job, of course, like that sucks. That's not cool. But it's, uh, I think having that, if you know, you're doing it for the right reasons and you're doing what you love, like, and you love the grind, it's totally different. Would you say taking risks is, is like a, it's, it's an ingredient that has to happen for you to become who you are. Absolutely. hundred percent. Um, I can't, I mean, I can't even count how many times on my hands where it gets to a point where you go like, like your nuts quiver a little bit and you're like, okay, yep, I got to do it. Like that's, that's a sign. (laughs) Like let's move forward because it's, there's just, there's nothing. I don't know if I've ever met anybody who's really successful that didn't have some kind of challenge along the way, didn't have failures along the way, didn't take risks. It just doesn't happen. Like, you know what I mean? And like the only way I mean, if you're a trust fund kid, but even that, that's not success. It's a silver spoon, you know? So, I yeah. mean, like, yeah, I think risk is just, it's just part of the ingredients. You know what I mean? Like one of the first big ones, like I said, was that 2,500 a month. I'm like, oh, and it, it wasn't even just like, hey, you can start. And like, if it's, if it's a good fit stay, and if it's not, it's not, you're like, no, it's, it's the whole year you're signing up for 12 months or not. I'm like, okay, like, let's do it. You know? I mean, I didn't say it that easily, but yeah. Oh, well, listen, man, like you bet on you. That's yeah. what that that that's what that situation really is. And what I do the way the reason I do that that way is because I immediately hold you to a higher standard, either yes or no. I have no emotional attachment to your answer. Your answer is your answer for you and yours. But I'm going to goddamn sure put you in a place where you have to make a decision and that forces growth. That yeah. forces you to look yourself in the mirror and say my gut is telling me I need this regardless of what the bank account says. Yeah. All right, let's go. And here's the cool part. I've done the same thing. I remember my second mentorship I'd put on a credit card because I was, dude, I couldn't afford it. Yep. I've done it. And so I just said the hell with it. Let's go. I'm going to figure this shit out. And so you guys listening have to understand that Cody's giving you some nuggets here, man. He's, he's giving you some fucking nuggets. The other thing that I want to touch on, dude, is you brought it up. Yeah, he said 903, by the way. I'm getting real close to my microphone here. 903 fucking podcasts. So what what does that tell you? That consistency is there, right? Russell Brunson says this. is You should do 1,000 episodes before you start worrying about who's listening. Mm-hmm. And so one thing I'll say about Cody, it's the same thing I'd say about Lucas. You guys are insanely consistent with content. Like it is your job to put out content, but you obviously enjoy the shit out of it or else you wouldn't be at podcast 903. And how many, how many videos have you shot in the past 10 years? Oh, I couldn't even tell you thousands, 20, 30,000 videos. Yeah. Probably how many podcasts 903 plus being on other people's. Yeah, absolutely. Right. How many clients have you worked with thousands upon thousands? How many Instagram posts? Well, you could go on there and see it, right? You can see how many times he's posted. But what my point is this, man, like as a young guy, why don't you let everybody understand how did you do it, right? How did, when, when most people start and stop, and that's just reality, what, what was the thing or what, maybe it's multiple things that, that pushed you to continue and be in the top 
0.0001% of people that create that type of content that consistently. I think there's, honestly, I think there's, there's three main things, right? Like I could talk for an hour just on like finding, um, like even with a video, there's a, there's a type of video that does well. And there's a type of video you do well. Like, are you a talking head person? Are you a vlog stop? Like there's so many different, like we could go into that, but the, the three main things in my opinion, the first one is that you just can't worry about judgment. You just can't worry about what other people think. Like mm -hmm. if you start doing that and playing that game, it's just going to go downhill. And and you probably instill this in a lot of the people you work with. And you probably instilled it in me and in something that like, is just second nature to me is I, I look at optimism instead of, uh, um, what's the opposite of optimism? pessimism, pessimism, because a lot of people, like if we say like, what if, what if a lot of people go, I fail, I get judged. It doesn't work out like all this shit. I'm like, what if I absolutely crush it? What if this goes <laughs> viral? What if a celebrity sees this? Like, no shit, I coached the singer of a Grammy-nominated metal band, and then he started flying me to his gym to coach his coaches because he saw my Instagram post. Let's and I was go. like, this guy's commenting. He sounds super familiar. And it's it's literally the singer of August Burns Red, who my brother listens to. He just happens to own a gym and a nonprofit, all this great stuff. Now we're, like, good friends, right? Um, same thing happened with I got a bunch of WWE people I work with. Why? Because they just randomly stumbled upon my content, mm. literally. And then, like, connections happen. And so – if you don't worry about it, you just keep like, think optimistic, but you can't worry about what other people think. Um, and that leads into number two, which is, is focus on good information. Don't focus on quality. I was filming my videos on a phone. I was recording my podcast in a garage with a snowball mic, like garage band was how I edited. It, it was horrible, but it didn't matter. I just need to put the reps in. I just need to start doing it. You know, and then the third thing is, is accountability honestly. And like, I will never forget two of the big, like the best things you did for me with, with content back then. The first one was uh, we get to, I believe it was Pacific Beach, San Diego was one of the events. And there's like a huge like backdrop and you're like, all right, pitch your service. And you like sat on a stool and we're in front of all these guys and we're like, uh, what? Like trying to do it. And then the next morning we wake up, we're at Hollywood Improv. And I'm like, dude, this is like so embarrassing. Even though I'm with like a few dudes, like it's not a big deal, but it was hilarious and it was a blast. But being put on the spot like that was so hard, but it forced me to get comfortable being uncomfortable in front of a camera. And then as soon as I got back, you were like, all right, you got to do a Facebook live every single week. And it was like, damn, okay, well, you can't fuck up on this because I mean, you can, but you got to keep going. Hmm. And so I started doing Facebook lives every week, which then turned into Theo jumping on his Facebook live with me. And somebody commented, was like, you guys are hilarious. You should do a podcast. And I was like, dude, let's do a podcast. So we started doing a podcast in the garage. I've stuck with it. So we just transferred it over to me. It was my show. And then I just took it off, you know, but it's because of those three things. Literally. Amazing. Dude, you guys, hopefully everybody's taking notes on that shit. Cause that was like a masterclass in content, even though granted we can, we, we could go into the X's and O's, but that is where most people get lost. As soon as you go into the minutia, people like their eyes glaze over and they can't mm -hmm. even get past that initial creation. Right? Like that's why I had you guys go do imperfect shit action ready fire fucking aim you can you can aim the second shot mm -hmm. but i want that first shot every day taken so you guys got to understand like man action alleviates anxiety but only 100 percent of the time it's one of my favorite statements and the more action you take the luckier you get the more action you take the better results you get even though you fail you fell forward right mm -hmm. and it's this is a homework assignment that we still do to this day in young bucks which is all right cool you want to get better at content 90 days unbroken Facebook live every day for 90 days, but, but I don't want to hear a fucking, but get on the damn thing. Because what we're doing is we are getting your reps in. 
the end yep and and like guess what i post every single day second nature i just do it so like if if i mean that's i don't run ads like that's what works and it's because i've been doing it for so long and now it's second nature and guess what i i say the same thing i always say over and over and over again a million different ways and like going back to number one don't worry about judgment if i was creating content for other trainers and i was worried about how smart they would think i was i wouldn't be successful I'm creating content for the person that wants to lose fat that doesn't know shit because they're not a professional coach. So they shouldn't know shit. I don't know anything about their profession. So they need to treat me like a kindergartner and I'm going to do that. I'm going to make it simple to the point and I'm going to show authority and then I win, right? Versus other trainers having a dick measuring contest, trying to figure out who's the smartest with periodization. And it's like, this doesn't work. It yeah, doesn't dude. work. That, I'm glad you brought that up. Simple wins. Like mm -hmm. being going the simplest form of the game trademark simplest form of the game right like it's not rocket science unless you let your ego get involved in it and then exactly like cody said especially in fitness this happens in every industry now it's like i'm trying to impress the other people that do what i do because i want to be an industry leader and that's why i want to shine a light on this with you you've done how i mean all your content is free yep for the most part right until they get into your program but like why do you think cody doesn't have to run ads I'll wait. It's because he's nonstop put out content that is insanely valuable that speaks to his target market, AKA the clients that he actually wants to work with. And then they raise their hand sooner or later. Yep. We attach that to the thing that you said earlier, which is having patience. Yep. And now you have a thriving business. It's insane. Yeah, it is. And honestly, I don't, I don't, I have to remind myself of this and it's easier to look back and think this, but like just for perspective for people listening, if they're earlier in the game than I am, as far as how many years they put in, I mean, if I really think about it, it's like, okay, so 2017, I, I like stepped away to like really build this I mean, it's six years. That's really not that crazy. I mean, if you, you know, I don't know what 365 times six is, but it's a lot. There's a lot of days to post content, a lot of days to do podcasts, all that stuff. But in the grand scheme of things, like that's, I'm going to do business for the next however many decades, you know? So it's, it's really not that, it's not that long if you think about it. And then when you do it like that, now I get to have the potential thought of like, okay, like I can do business with other people in other industries now. And like, mm -hmm. if I want to create wealth for my family, like that's, that's a completely different game, you know, but you got to do what you, what you know, and you got to do it well and consistent first before you can even play that game. Boom. 2,190 days. Wow. That's six Tell years. me you have a calculator, right? Yeah, I got it's on my phone. So okay, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm a math whiz. Nope. Uh, but dude, yeah. So think about this, man. It's like, I agree with what you just said. And you guys got to understand six to seven years is kind of what, how, how, how long it takes. If I look at wake up warrior, Gary, Garrett started that in 2013 and he was accelerated, right? By 2016, he was doing millions. Now he, yeah. if you follow Garrett white, like you can look at his house yeah. I mean, and his cars and his life, he's doing all right. Right. Yeah. Uh, my buddy, Morty, same thing. Started unstoppable in 2016 when he quit warrior crushing. And now he's like Tony Robbins of England, but with an attitude. Right. So look at you six, seven years and you're just catching your stride. But Hey, if you, if you would have gotten this success six years ago, who knows where you'd be right now? Right. Yeah. You, maybe you blew it. Who knows? Like the patience is what gets you there, guys. Like the time is just, you can't skip past it, right? There's no, you can, you can definitely collapse time by hiring mentors and coaches and learning. 
But to get where Cody is, my point is this. 903 podcasts, <laughs> content every single day, building rapport and goodwill with his customers nonstop. There's no shortcut. There isn't one. You guys might even be like, well, what about the what about Jake Paul and Logan Paul? Dude, those guys have been doing YouTube for how long? Yeah. How long? It's insane. Yeah. I mean, the, the framework is there for success, guys. Those dudes work their asses off. That's why I look at them like, man, 20s and they're doing that. It's fucking yeah. amazing. It's not hating. Yeah. Plus, those dudes are stud athletes, by the way. Like, people are like, well, he's boxed. That, that dude will whoop your ass. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> right? Like, those dudes will whoop most people's asses. They were actually high-level wrestlers from Ohio back in the day. You can see it. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So... Bro, like the content game is something that I feel like you're an expert at. Like you may, you have to accept it because I said it. So you're an expert at that shit. Like you, you have your studio set up. You have a full-time media person. People, maybe guys listening to this might be like, man, I can't even afford lunch. You know what I'm saying? So it's like at the beginning, you had to do it on your own, right? Like you spent years doing it on your own until you hit critical mass and like was able to invest back in. Got it. I just wanted to point that out because the same thing for me, right? But I will say, guys, listen, the iPhone shoots pretty great video. It does. When I started my old podcast, I shot it like this in the bottom of the microphone of my phone. Like this. No microphone. Yeah, I believe it. Just yeah. talking shit. And so this is the, the point I want to make before I ask Cody the next question is like, guys, just start when today and then do it again tomorrow. I know this is like really high level coaching right now, <laughs> right? And then you do it again the fucking next day because you have to attach these actions to a deeper purpose, a deeper sense of why. And that's my next question, dude. It's like, when times get tough, what have you drawn upon to push through these tough times? I think it changes. Um, I mean, like I'll, I'll obviously say the the typical thing, my daughter, of course. But not in the sense that, like, Blakely's not my purpose. Like, my purpose isn't to be the world's greatest dad. Like, I, I want to strive to be the best dad I can. Absolutely. But my, I, I think everybody has, like, truly has, like, a God-given thing they're supposed to do. Whether you believe in God, universe, Allah, it does, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. The point is everybody is here for some reason. And I have this capability to connect with people on a different level and i can I, i'm a, an amazing salesman i'm an amazing podcaster i'm an amazing communicator i'm an amazing coach because of how i talk that's why like my content is mainly me talking i just have a way with words can't sing or rap or anything like that can't rhyme but i can talk right and so for me like it, it's fulfilling what i like the idea of blakely growing up and seeing that her dad was not only just financially successful, but he found out what his thing was. He grabbed it without any doubt, took action repetitively over years of time and built something massive with it. Like that thought process is a game changer, dude. Like I was at an event just recently. And uh, again, like I paid $2,000 for a one day event for those listening and it's, and I went on a whim. So it's like, you keep doing this shit. You don't stop. But like there was an ice bath was part of it. I hate cold water. I've never done an ice bath. I don't do cold plunges. I understand the point. I just hate it, right? Like I hate it. 
but you got to do it. It's part of the event. So I'm like sitting there and I'm like in my mind trying to like psych myself up. Like it's not gonna be that bad as I'm watching them dump ice in between every person dumping in. And uh, the thought that came to my mind was Blakely. Cause I was like trying to psych myself up. I actually started crying a little bit. It was, it was kind of intense, but like the thought was her watching me do this in front of other guys that are tatted, jacked, like crushing it. No big deal. They love ice baths. I'm like, okay, how do I want to show up? You know? And then it's like, when I die, she's going to have some memories, but she's not there for everything. But how does every single person that interacted with me remember me as, and what are they going to tell her at my funeral? Now she's going to hear stories. Like the thought of her hearing stories about how her dad treated other people, like that is just wild. So for me to like continue grinding, continue building, continue moving forward and not get like letting doubt or pessimism stop me. It's that man. It's the idea of, of like what my greatest potential is. Like you said, I used to always like, you and wake up warrior helped me out with this a lot, but I always imagine like I'm this like little tiny, like white stick figure. And then I get to become this big blue glowing machine. Right. As I like level up. Mm -hmm. So it's always like, what's the greatest version of me look like? What does that guy do? How does that guy treat people? How does that guy act? And then it's, mm -hmm. it's never a negative thing. Like, man, you're being a bitch, shut up or stop complaining or anything like that. Even if I do say those things in my head, it's because I see that I have more in me and I'm like, let's go, you know? And so to me, like it's, that's, it's, it's that, but the realization of her seeing it or her hearing it is what makes it click. And it's just that much more real. Cause I, I give a shit what she thinks. No, dude, growing up as a, like a chubby kid, I was a fat kid, right? This is, a, I think this is a really important question for you to answer because you've, you've been through it. How in the hell do you, did you develop the self-belief now, granted, like now it's at, it's probably the best it's ever been. And then you're going to look back 10 years and you're going to be like, man, I didn't know shit then either. That's how it works for me. I'm 44 now, dude. Whoa. So if you think about it, like how, what are, what are, what are some crucial steps that you've taken to help build self-belief? Because we're, we are a hundred percent who we believe is, believe ourselves to be. Yeah. Our stories are so beyond powerful. And most guys don't understand that because They've been passed the story from either parents or teachers or other people about who they are and they've never challenged them. Right. So for you, man, like to go from the chubby kid that didn't train to now like being an industry leader at 30, 31 years old, doing all this cool shit, the like a, a face of the fitness game. What are some things that like you look back at and say like, man, this was crucial for my, to build self-belief for me. Yeah. Uh, two things uh, that are both related to, Oh, one for sure, like the pain. I think a lot of people ignore the pain, but for me, like the thing that started my whole transformation is, is like, I, I literally looked in the mirror, finally didn't ignore that I was overweight. You know, I, I skipped the scale, skipped the doctor. I avoid the lake, but for the first time I just sat there and I like, I was like 19 years old, high school's done. Friends are off of college. I just looked in the mirror, butt ass naked and was like, dude, you're pathetic. Like, what, what are you doing? And I had to look at it and be like, I am not happy here. But until I admit that, I couldn't change it, you know? Um, like, I think there's something along the lines of, like, uh, awareness precedes change is, like, mm -hmm. the, the idea, right? And so yep. I became aware in that moment that I needed to create change if I wanted to experience change, which is ironic because everybody wants to change their life, their results, but they're, they're afraid to change the actions they take. So that was the first thing is not ignoring the pain. And, that's, and that goes for everything in your life. If you can find the negative or the pain or the darkness, I think that's the only way to find the other side of it. And then the other part of it is actually, it's, it's funny because a lot of people say comparison is the thief of joy, but I actually compared myself to a lot of people, but I would like, and I don't mean this in a mean way, I would belittle them because I would look at somebody 
who let's say has what I want or has a success that I desire or anything. And instead of being like, God, they have that, like they are crushing it. I would go, if they have it, why, why would I not be able to, there's absolutely nothing special about that person. Now I'm not an idiot. I don't look at LeBron and be like, well, why does he have that? And I don't, cause I'm five, nine, like it's not going to happen. Or Mike Tyson, like that's, I'm, I'm not a fighter like that, you know, but there's certain people that I can look at who have, knowledge or skills or financial wealth or anything that was not bred, but built, not that Mike Tyson didn't build it, but it's just a different scenario. And I can look at that and go, damn, that's impressive. I don't have any of that shit, but if they can do it, I can do it. There's literally no, I can't think of a logical reason why they can't do it. And it, it eliminates self-doubt and kind of gives me some self-belief that I can start building on because logically speaking, there's no reason. And if I can logically explain that I could do it too, yeah. Get to work. Why not me? Yep. That's the, that's one of my old mantras. Why not me? And then when I felt doubt, anytime I felt doubt in my mind, my other mantra was watch me, motherfucker. You're going to doubt me. Watch me. And I still use that to this day, dude, at 44 years old, I still go through that where I'm like, all right, I got to create some doubt in my mind so I can make shit happen. Right. Dude, I still look at myself like a pit bull all the time. I think about it. You used to send me gifts with like a pit bull with like lightning in the background. <laughs> yeah. It's so cheesy, but like that shit would fire me up. And I think about it all the time. Like, it's like, yep, I'm a pit bull. How does a pit bull act? You know, and it, it works. So sometimes I think you got to have those like visual things or those statements. Uh, uh, my anxiety is my excitement is something I stole mm -hmm. from you. And I've always said that because anytime I get anxious, I, I spoke at an event um, at like mid last year in Austin, there was like 150 trainers or something like that. Right. And I remember being super anxious and I was speaking on stage with a couple of people that were like, damn, they've been, they're crushing it. Like this is, this is big. I repeat that in my head. Cause I'm like, I'm anxious as hell, but I'm here. I'm supposed to be here. I'm anxious. Cause I'm excited. I don't get mm -hmm. anxious about things. I don't care about ever. Same feelings, anxiety and excitement. You feel the same shit. Pulse increases, right? You get sweaty. Mm -hmm. You have crazy thoughts bouncing around. Same mm -hmm. shit. It's just a reframe, right? And you're talking like 2014, I had anxiety so fucking bad. Like I thought I was going to die. Yeah. So I am, I am, uh, I'm all right to talk about this. I, I, I would say I'm an expert in anxiety, right? And so, dude, you're hundred percent correct. My anxiety is my excitement. I, I love that, man. Like self-belief is, is, is something that we're not born with. It's right. It's just like confidence. Mm -hmm. It's something you create. Just like energy. It's not something you have. It's something you create. And so is success. Yeah. Well, and, and the worst thing somebody can do, in my opinion, is if you say you're going to do something, you don't do it, you're fueling self-doubt because you yep. just proved yourself that you can't do it. So be careful with what you say you're going to do. Like, even if it's small things, only commit or say you're going to do what you're actually going to do. And then when you do it, acknowledge it, check it off the box, give yourself the little dopamine kick of a habit tracker or whatever you need to do to acknowledge that you did it. Cause the more you stack that, the more you fuel self-belief. Fuck. Yeah. Dude. What, give me a, give me like a little glimpse inside of what, you know, what makes the Tallard method, the Tallard coaching method different? Like what is it that you guys do that you feel like you're world-class at? So to me, it's like actually living up to that, that name, you know, I think there's uh individualized coaching is a very, it's just, it's just a buzzword, you know, like yeah. the amount of coaching companies out there that don't actually create relationships with people who like, won't talk about anything but macros. Cause it's out of their scope of practice. Like, I don't care about that. You know, like we, 
we will have deep conversations. We build real, real relationships. We actually tailor things to individuals. We do charge a bit more than the like normal company. Um, but there's a reason for that. So to us, it's like, it's living up to that. And that's why it's called tailored. It's not only because we actually do tailor it, but it's like, I thought of the, the actually funny enough, there's a lot of parallels here, dude, but like, uh, I, the moment I thought about was when the first time I got tailored for a suit was for warrior con when I went with you there. Cause I've never, I was like, I have no reason to, to get a suit tailored, but I had to wear a black and white suit, mm -hmm. which I didn't own. I went and got spent like a thousand dollars, which at the time I was like, Oh my gosh, this is insane. Um, and it was a dope experience. I felt like a boss getting it tailored. They're measuring it. It's built for me. This guy's catering everything for me. It was a really cool experience. And I was like, that is what I want to deliver. Like this experience mm. is designed for you. And we are, we have our coaching methods and systems, but we're also going to mold those to the person because that's what tailoring something to somebody is. Beautiful, man. It's like you practice that. I've said it a couple of times. Stilky smooth, baby. <laughs> And the crazy part is, dude, is like, I want to, I just want to bring it up again. The reason that you've gotten so good at speaking on camera on podcast is because you're doing it all the fucking time. Yeah. yeah. The reason I challenge everybody to do 90 days of Facebook lives is because back in the day I did like three times that amount unbroken. And if I missed the day, I started the clock over. I broke the chain. Cool. The chain starts again. I also used to do lunch and learns and public speaking everywhere I could. Why? Because I knew I wanted to be on stage and I wanted to be that guy that yeah. came on stage and people were like, I don't even know who the fuck this guy is, but holy shit. Yeah. That's why I seeked out mentorship with Garrett, became his right-hand man, volunteered for six months for fucking free on my own dime. Got abused. <laughs> right? Abused. But it, it created growth. So, dude, I'm so glad you brought that th this stuff up. It's so important. And it is unique, too, because your experience is, is yours. Your perception, your the way you see the world is yours. But I think so many guys listening to this are going to be in your age group. And that's why it's important for me to have guys like you on here because, yeah, I'm an old fucker now, right? <laughs> I'm a young 44, but I'm still 44. So it's like, it's great to hear your the, not just the progress and the transformation, but dude, you're explaining this so clearly that if, if you guys are paying attention, this should be almost impossible for you to fuck this up. Now we just have to sprinkle a little consistency and discipline and hard work on top of it. Mm -hmm. That's the actual hard part. Yeah. It's just getting past your stories. Dude, let, let me yeah. ask you this before we roll out of here soon, but what are some, like, is there any books or experiences that you've had outside the ones that we've mentioned already. Obviously you went through resurrection week. You've been through my coaching <laughs> hint, hint, but um, outside of that, are there any books or programs events that you've gone to that you feel like were just massively life altering for you? Um, yeah. I mean, obviously I'm sure you've mentioned the books uh, loving what is big leap, all those kind of ones that you, I mean, you showed me originally, leader who had no title. Uh, those are all great. The, uh, the alchemist is always a, mm. a great one. The go-giver is a great one. Um, the one thing was really good for me. Um, really, really taught me how to just like isolate my focus, not be a jack of all trades. You know, it doesn't mean you can't run multiple businesses or anything like that, but like it's, I think I actually heard, uh, Ed Milet was talking about this on a podcast and he said something along the lines of like every multi multi-millionaire who owns multiple multi-million dollar companies 
didn't start building other companies until they already made a company that's doing a million or more, you know? And it was like, ah, okay. And so that's, I've been very patient with a lot of the stuff that I've wanted to do um, because of that. And, uh, but anyway, so the one thing was super helpful for me. Um, man, there's so many books. I'm trying to think, uh, uh, Patrick bet David or something like that. I think his name is, I'm not familiar with his concept very much, but he wrote a book like the next five strategies or something mm -hmm. like that. Somebody gifted it to me. That was actually really, really good, uh, book as well. Um, and I'm a huge fan of, uh, like just fictional stories, man. Sometimes they're like, not even like actually helpful personal development. It's just, I mean, you showed me like wayward pines is still one of my favorite ones of all time, but like creative writing, creative thinking, that's super, super helpful. Um, and a lot of times like stories help click success and in insights way better for you as well. So, um, the best ones of all time, man, like I think are always, always fictional stories. Amazing. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a huge fiction guy. And I think that it's why I'm a, a pretty decent writer. It's why I speak the way I speak is because I'm constantly filling my head full of words. And if you guys think about fiction, it's like that person has to sell the next page. Yeah. So they're selling without selling. They have to make that story interesting. And you'd be like, I'm never reading this dude again yeah. or this chick again. And so, man, I'm glad you brought that up. If people want to find out more about what you're doing, man, where should they go? Where, should, where can they follow you and then drop your, your website so that these guys can, can check out what you're doing? Yeah. So, uh, Instagram is at Cody McBroom. Um, just my name. I post there as expected every single damn day. Uh, the tailored life podcast, uh, airs a couple times a week, uh, coaching website, tailoredcoachingmethod.com, And then the apparel is tailoredlifeapparel.co, uh, not.com. And that's just where we're, we're dropping all the apparel stuff that is, uh, limited right now. We're doing like exclusive drops, but, um, that's the, that's the new one. Hell yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that they can find the links right on your Instagram anyway. Right. So if yep, you guys exactly. follow Cody on Instagram, you can number one, see how content's supposed to be done in a very authentic way, in a consistent way, which I think is, is what I'm probably most proud of you for, dude, is like, obviously the success in your family unit is important to me. Right. But also the fact that you're building shit your way, being who you are is what I fucking like, man. Like I love seeing that. And so dude, I'm proud of you. Number one, number two, like I'm excited to see what what comes next because just you know we're the same man never never satiated right I'm hungry and I just ate but we can enjoy the meal right yeah. so yeah. dude thank you for coming on man I uh, I think this is going to be one that people really come back to and listen to again because you dropped some some really solid nuggets throughout this thing so we'll have to do it again at some point man but I appreciate you dude thank you yeah absolutely man likewise.